a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a beautiful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a beautiful name it is. And nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. You were the Word at the beginning. One with God, the Lord Most High. Your hidden glory in creation, and now revealed in you, our Christ. What a beautiful name it is! What a beautiful name it is! The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a beautiful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. You didn't want heaven without us. So Jesus, you brought heaven down. My sin was great, your love was greater. What could separate us now? What a wonderful name it is. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a wonderful name it is. And nothing compares to this. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus. What a wonderful name it is. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a wonderful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus. could not hold you the veil told before you you silenced the bulls of sin and grave the heavens are roaring the praise of your glory before you are raised to life again you have no right is 
Yes, name. 
says that he will he'll take your burdens and he'll give you rest he says do not be anxious about anything but with prayer and petition make your requests known to him and he will give you a peace that transcends understanding that will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus I heard a, a wise man say the other day that that if we are anxious, stressed, burdened, heavy laden, then we are not walking in God's ways. <laughs> There's freedom right there. <laughs> um if you didn't see, my daughter's just stripping up the front. It's <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, I, and I really believe in that wisdom that if we are burdened, if we are anxious, if we are stressed, then we're simply just not participating in, in God's ways. Where it's it's and it's just come to Jesus and He will give you rest. Just come to Him. He will speak to you. He will guide you. He will He will He will take off what burden you have on you. He says, "My yoke is easy. My burden's light." We are not workhorses for the kingdom. We are not struggling through hard soil. The Lord doesn't want us to toss our pearls to swine, to sow our seed into not good soil. The kingdom is easy. It's just a matter of entering into Him, resting in Him. Following his ways and his ways, Jesus says, I am the way. So we follow Jesus. We live like him. We look like him. And there's, we don't have an excuse to not live like him. He says, it's, it's me in you and you in me. And we're both in the Father. It's, we're one with him. And the Holy Spirit has come that now we may live by the Spirit and not by the flesh. 
So any burden that we have, it is, it is not from the Lord. Any stress that we have is not from the Lord. The, the anxiety that we have, if it is just truly burdensome, then it's not on the Lord. You'll know when there is a true burden from the Lord because it will cause you to pray and seek heaven like never before. But if you are stressed and burdened and all you do is worry about the things of this world, then I am telling you that is not from the Lord. So come before Him and be healed in Jesus' name. Anxiety go, stress go, depression leave in Jesus' name. You have no place here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your freedom. May we be like a child. Just give ourselves up to you. Strip our clothes off and just be free in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, take a seat, everybody. Welcome to church. Welcome to the kingdom of God. Um, again, this is, I, I didn't know I was leading today, so I, I'm not really prepared for anything, but just to worship him. Um, so Jules is, is, has got the, the kingdom word for us. And uh, like I was saying, if you weren't here when we, um, when we were just starting this service, um, just, just humble our hearts before the Lord. Let's just receive the seed that is going to be sown. The Jules is just going to give you seed. He's just going to give the kingdom of God and he's just going to share it with you. And, and let us not have resistances in our mind. Let's just come with humility and just welcome the good seed. Like the Lord is only going to sow good seed. And, um, and, and let that just produce the fruit in you. If, and, and also, if we, if we want to also reproduce the kingdom, then I believe us as the Christians, there's this innate desire for the kingdom to keep expanding. If we want that, it's very simple. We just receive the seed. We, we, we let the Lord, that is the gardener, cultivate that, that growth in us. And it, we will naturally bear fruit and have seed to sow from there. So just let's not be burdened by, oh, well, I'm not an evangelist. Just let the seed of the Lord just grow in us. Let the kingdom of God grow in us. Let the gardener that is the Father in heaven cultivate us and prune us that we may bear lots of fruit. Um, so let's just welcome up Jules and he's going to preach for us. Thank you, Brad. So the topic today is faith in the faithfulness of God. Yeah. He's a faithful God. And because he's faithful, he's utterly dependable. And we can trust in him because he's proven his faithfulness to us. And in Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 9, it says, Therefore know that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations. So faithfulness is not something that, that he does. It is who he is. It's part of his nature, his character, and it's one of the names of God in the Bible as the faithful God. In Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 3, it says, For I proclaim the name of the Lord, ascribe greatness to our God. He is the rock, his work is perfect, all his ways are justice, a God of faithfulness, or in some versions, a God of truth, and without injustice, righteous and upright is he. So I want to look this morning at five attributes of God that prove his faithfulness to us. And the first attribute is that he knows everything. The second attribute of God that proves his faithfulness is that, that he's always right. The third attribute is he's always present. The fourth attribute is he's all powerful. And the fifth attribute is that he never changes. So, yeah, just going through them, uh, God knows everything, not only in this world, but he knows everything about your life. He knows everything from your past. He knows everything at your, your present. 
He knows your thoughts right now and he knows everything about your future. And that is the God and all-knowing You are acquainted or familiar with all of my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. So there's not a word that passes from our tongue that we've ever spoken that God doesn't know. (laughs) He's not familiar with it. Such is the greatness and the knowledge of God that all of our thoughts are weighed in his balance and all of our words. There's nothing that passes his attention. So he's on another level altogether. Seven billion people in the world. And he knows everyone's thought. He knows everyone's word at one time. He's, he's totally unimaginably great. So he knows everything. And uh, that's, I believe that's settled from the word of God. But secondly, uh, he's always true. He's always right. God's always right. And have you ever tried to have an argument with anyone that, that knows everything and is always right? <laughs> you can never win. God knows everything and he's always true. He's always truthful. He's always right. So he's totally dependable. He's never wrong. And in Titus chapter 1 verse 2, it says, God who cannot lie has promised before time again. So God has put promises in his word that from before time, so from eternity, God promised things that would happen to us in the period of time. So from the creation of the world to the end of the world, God promised in eternity beforehand certain things over our life that will come to pass in this life and in eternity to come. But because God spoke those things in eternity, It cannot be erased or affected by the time that we live in. This time period is just a moment like a mist or a vapor that's here for a moment will be gone. So God speaks from eternity into time into eternity. And this time, it's a time where we can take the promises of God that he spoke over our life before we were born and see that fulfilled in this period of time. And as we see his faithfulness, we begin to trust him more and more. And trusting in his promises over our life and seeing his promises fulfilled, it it draws us closer to him and helps us to be more dependent upon him because he's a faithful God. He's always true and he's always right. If God lied, then we wouldn't depend on him. And those people that come into our life that are not always speaking truth, it's difficult to depend on them. But God is a dependable God. He's a faithful God because when he speaks, he always speaks the truth and he never lies. Um, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13, it says, If we are faithless, he remains faithful. So even if we are unbelieving, he remains Believing, he remains faithful. So his faithfulness is not affected by your unfaithfulness. So we can depend on him. In Second Timothy, yeah, chapter two, verse thirteen. So God, who is always true, who is all knowing, he cannot mislead us. And the third attribute is that he's always present. He's never beyond our reach. He's always there for you. You can always reach out to him no matter where you are or what you're going through. And he's omnipresent. In Deuteronomy 31 verse 6, uh, God spoke to Joshua and he said, Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God He is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. So he is always with you. And and this was uh, firmed up by Jesus when Jesus was on the earth and he spent those three concentrated years with his disciples and he said, told them that he needed to go. But he said, don't worry, I won't leave you nor forsake you. I'm going, but I won't leave you. (laughs) I'm going to send the comforter. In fact, I need to go so that he can come 
And we know that he's faithful to his word. He, he will never leave you and he will never forsake you. So fourthly, he's all powerful. Why we can trust his faithfulness in our life. He's faithful to fulfill his promise because he has the power to do so. God is all powerful and he's magnificent and there is nothing on this earth that compares with his power in your life. And his power is given to us, and this is exciting, his power is available to us to fulfill his promise over our life, whatever that promise is. And in Psalm 29 verse 4, it says, David says, the voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. His voice is on another level altogether. It breaks the cedars. Yes, the Lord splinters the cedars of Lebanon. So when you think of the massive trees, 100 plus years old, God's voice is able to just splinter those massive trees. Such is the power of God. And in Hebrews uh, chapter 1, verse 2 and 3, it says, talking about Jesus, who is the brightness of his glory in the express image of his person, upholds all things by the word of his power. So we see the word of God that was spoken is actually upholding this world. The power of God is the word of God. So when we receive his word into our life over a circumstance, then that word in itself has creative power to bring it to pass in our life. So it's our opportunity to take his promises and to apply his promises to that area of our life and and just see his power releasing that in our life. So the voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. So anything that seems big and difficult to you is not difficult to God. His power is available for you. But he's faithful. He's faithful to help us to share in his power. And we know that the gospel in in Romans chapter 1 verse 16, Paul said that the gospel of salvation, it's the power of God available to anyone who would believe. So faith and belief is the opportunity that we have to engage in God's power, to see God's power fulfilled in our life. And fifthly, he never changes. God never changes. If he was changing his thoughts and changing his plans and his purposes and changing his promise over your life, then you would have reason not to trust him. But he's faithful in that he never changes. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. So the promises of God over your life are the same yesterday, today and forever. Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. And as Jesus was on the earth, he said, so my believers shall be. And as Jesus is in heaven, so we are on the earth. So his, what we see in Jesus' life, we would expect the same in our lives as we put our faith and our trust in a good God. So the pattern that we see in Jesus' life when he walked on the earth is the same pattern that we would expect in our life because that's the promise of God. So we see all of the promises of God spoken from Genesis to Revelation were fulfilled on the sacrifice of Christ. If Jesus didn't come and sacrifice his life, then all of the promises would have no effect in this world. And so he proved his love. He proved his faithfulness through his sacrifice. Right? If there was ever a challenge to God's faithfulness, then it was Calvary. Calvary, if, if there was, I'm not saying it was a challenge, to his faithfulness. But if there was a challenge, if there was ever to be a challenge to God's faithfulness, it would be Calvary. But Jesus, 
He denied himself and he took up that cross. Why? So that all of the promises of God could become yes in your life. So he took upon himself the ultimate self-denial and the ultimate sacrifice to prove to us that he's a faithful God. He went all the way to the cross. And we see the Old Testament saints, like saints like Abraham, they looked to the future and they saw him. They saw Jesus. They had a revelation of Jesus and they were glad. They were glad in their lives. So we see today their lives are being perfected because of our faith in Jesus because of our encounter with God and our experience in God. So, so your life matters. Your life counts. And so we, we see uh, in the Old Testament before Christ came that every sin that was uh, cleansed or covered over was a type or a shadow of, of what Jesus was going to do of the sacrifice of Christ. So it was a down drawer on what Jesus was going to do. It was purely the mercy and the love of God that enabled people to walk and live in this world even though they had sin in their lives. But because Jesus was going to come, God held his wrath back and, 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 and enabled people to enter in through uh, certain sacrifices, enabled them to live in this world. But in the same way, Every, every sickness that was healed through the mercy of God in the Old Testament was a down draw on the, stri- on the stripes of Jesus. Because in Isaiah 53, uh, Isaiah prophesied that Jesus would come and that he would be whipped. And through his stripes, we would receive healing in our bodies. So every healing that happened in, in in the Old Testament from Genesis to Malachi was a down draw on what Jesus was going to do, on the fact that the Son of God was going to be torn. So just as forgiveness of sin, it was a down draw on Calvary because Jesus had to die on a cross to become a curse. So healing in the Old Testament was a down draw on the whipping post. So when you fast forward past the event, you see, in the, New, in the New Testament, Peter saw healing and then he confessed that it was because of Isaiah 53, that by his stripes we were healed in the past. And Matthew also confesses in Matthew chapter 8, verse 17, he sees that Jesus laid hands on the sick and he says, all the sick that came to him were healed. And then Matthew realises the reason Jesus healed all the sick that came to him was to fulfill Isaiah 53. Because, see, through Jesus' life, every word was fulfilled. It had to be because he was a faithful God that proved his faithfulness. If Jesus didn't fulfill every single word of the Old Testament, every single word of prophecy over his life, then God would not be faithful. So his standard is 100% perfect faithfulness. Why? So that we can depend upon him. We can trust him. There is no reason that we have today in your life. There's no reason that you, that you have that you cannot trust such a perfect God. He's a God of faithfulness and he's without injustice. He's just and right. And he's holy. And he never changes. In Malachi 3 verse 6, he says, For I am the Lord and I do not change. Therefore you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. Because God is faithful and he never changes, we're not consumed. (laughs) That's good news. (laughs) If he wasn't faithful, if he changed, if he changed his mind concerning us, and we'd be consumed. 
but the fact that we're alive today and, and every human on the face of this earth, whether they acknowledge God or not, we must realise that there's nothing under this world holding us up. We're just spinning on nothing. It's only God's word and God's faithfulness to his word that he's holding us up. And yet we spend our whole life worrying about this and trying to increase here and increase there and trying not to lose what we have. And yet we're, hold it, we're held up by the faithfulness of God. We're held up. We exist on nothing. So not only is he faithful to us as his people and as his believers, but he's also, un- he's also faithful to the unbeliever. And uh, in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus said, he said, love your enemies in his first sermon. And he says, bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust. So, see, we see this pattern in God's life, in God's world, that he blesses his enemies, and he does good to those who hate him. And the way that he does that is that he causes the sun to rise on the unrighteous and on the righteous. So God's, God's love, God's faithfulness, faithfulness is not dependent on man's response to that. And he chooses to be good to all, to be faithful to all. So as his followers, if we want to follow him, if we come to him, then we have to reflect his goodness. We have to reflect his faithfulness. And, and that is reflected by blessing those who do wrong to us and loving our, our enemies. And that's what Jesus did when he went to the cross. He gave his life for those who hated him. And he loved the unlovable. And I, I thank God for his mercy that he chose to love me, that he chose to give his life for me, even though... I criticized him. So the attributes of God speak about his faithfulness. So he knows everything. He's always right. He's always true. He's always present. He's never far from you. He's all powerful and he never changes. He's the faithfulness of God. So you can never win an argument against a God who knows everything and is always right. You can never run away from a God who's always present with you. Jonah found that out right there in the belly of a fish. And David said, if I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there with me. I can't escape your presence. You're there with me. Such is the faithfulness of God that he never will leave his people. He's always present. He's always powerful. So we can never resist him. We can never resist such power. And we can never change God. You can never change him. He won't change his mind. So such a God who knows everything, who's always right, he's always present, He's he's almighty, all-powerful, who we can't change. What can we do? All we can do is submit to Him, is to humble ourselves under His mighty hand and believe that He's going to lift us up. In Psalm 119, verse 89, He says, Forever, O Lord, Your Word is settled in heaven. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You establish the earth and it abides. So the earth abides on the faithfulness of God, on the promises of God. He's unchanging. And, you know, man, through 
his bad experiences of not trusting God comes into Christianity and starts to change his theology and his belief in a good God uh, because of his negative experience in the world. We have to put away our negative experiences of a life without God and come to his word and see the promises of God are true and they are yes and they are amen and they always will be true. What Jesus paid for is what we, what we can receive in our life. Jesus paid for our sin. He took upon himself our sin. So we don't, have to, we don't have to have sin in our life anymore. You can be free from sin because of what Jesus did. Not because of our own goodness or our own faithfulness, but because of his goodness, because of his faithfulness. We can, we can live a life free from sin. That's the power of the gospel. It's all powerful. There's no limitation to what he can do. So a life free from sin is a life full of joy and happiness and gratefulness. When sin comes in, takes first thing that goes is our joy. We lose our joy. Jesus paid for our healing. So that we can be healed, we can live healthy, we can be free from sickness. It's what he paid for. Just because that hasn't been your reality in, in your life in the past doesn't mean it can't be in the future. Doesn't mean he didn't pay for it. Jesus paid for your sickness. Or what was your sickness? He took it upon himself. So he became sick so that you could be healthy. That is what he paid for, and you have a legal right to claim it. You have a legal right to demand it from whoever stole your health from you. He didn't, take, he didn't give you sickness. It came from somewhere else. But you have a legal right because of what Jesus accomplished at the whipping post to claim that for your life. That's, that's good news. In 1 Thessalonians 5.23, it says, may the God of peace sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul and body be preserved blameless. So it's a complete salvation that he purchased for us, body, soul and spirit. He, he left not one part of your life unredeemed or unsanctified. Body, soul and spirit. Complete healing, complete deliverance and complete salvation. Body, soul and spirit. He left nothing out. If he left anything out, he'd be unfaithful and the devil would have room to own part of your life. The devil has no ownership over your life because your life was purchased by Jesus at the whipping post and at Calvary. You're no longer your own. You belong to him and salvation is yours. So it's a faithfulness of God that fulfilled this for us. So he's a faithful God. He's faithful to the end. And because he's faithful, he's dependable. You can rely upon him. Whatever your need is in your life, you can receive it. You, your need is completely fulfilled through Christ. All the promises of God from Genesis to Revelation are yes and amen in Christ. Through the word of the prophecy, which was fulfilled and lived out in the life of Jesus. So God's not just talk. He's, he's talk and action. He fulfilled that which he spoke. And when I think about the faithfulness of God, we actually, his kingdom, his, Brad mentioned about the kingdom of God. When we come into Christ, we come into the kingdom of, of God as we have a new king. Instead of, we know the king of this earth, uh, you know, was, was the devil, but his time is, is, is running out. And uh, Jesus came to set up a new kingdom. And Jesus is the king of that kingdom. And as we come into the kingdom, we come under his authority. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. But in his kingdom, he rules as a faithful king. So how to grow in his kingdom, we grow through faithfulness. And tonight we're going to look at the 
uh, parable of the talents. It's quite interesting because he talks about how the man came with some talents to give out and he said that he chose people and he gave them talents according to their ability. And we see that he gave five talents to one, he gave two talents to someone else and he gave one talent to another. It was according to their ability to be faithful with what he gave out. So we see that God is a God who looks at our faithfulness and he rewards us according to our faithfulness. Because he doesn't want to give talents out. He doesn't want to give his kingdom wealth and his kingdom understanding to those who are not going to be faithful with it. So faithfulness is the way to grow in the kingdom. Faithfulness. And at the end of that parable, you see he came and he, he, uh, he was pleased with, with those who were faithful. He said, well done, good and faithful servant. Uh, you've been faithful over little, that which I gave you. Now uh, enter into the joy of the Lord and you'll be faithful over much. So we see faithfulness with the principles and faithfulness with the kingdom is what brings increase to our life. And we all, you know, we all want to be great when we're little. And um, even there was that lady that came to Jesus and said, what about my two sons? You know, can they sit on your right and your left in the kingdom when you come in your glory? And Jesus said, well, you know, that's good that you've asked, uh, but that place will be given, you know, to those who my father desires. So there will be a place on Jesus' right and left. But he said, can they drink of the cup that I'm going to drink of? And we know because Jesus was able to drink of that cup because he was faithful from a little child and he grew up in his father's house and served as a carpenter, was faithful with the mundane tasks of this world. And when he came into the, uh, the ministry and at the age 30, he was faithful with the spiritual governance that God, his father, had entrusted to him. So how we grow in the faithfulness of God is, is being faithful with the small tasks that he gives us. And I was reflecting on my own life as a, as a young man and Around nine years old, my father left home and I was there with my, with my mother and my sister. And I think around 12 years old, I began to, to help look after the garden at home and, and it was my responsibility to take out the rubbish bins. And I you know, felt that was, that was good. You know, I, I wanted to be uh, you know, responsible in my life and my mother said to me, I remember just clearly, she said to me, you know, your father's gone, uh, now you have to be the man of the house. You know, and I was about 12 at that, that, age, that time. And I felt great, you know, I felt important. And I thought, yes, I want to be responsible. And I want to rise and I want my life to be worthwhile. And so I took on that responsibility to take the rubbish out, bring the rubbish back in, look after the garden, mow the lawns, and I learned to be faithful in the tasks that my mother had entrusted to me because I wanted, to, I wanted my life to count. I wanted to be important. I wanted to make an impact in this world. And every little child wants to be great, wants to be important, and that God has put greatness within every human being. But it's only abuse and neglect from parents and other uh, other figures in our life that push that desire to be great down. And through, through abuse and lack of love, we lose that desire to be great. So when we come into the kingdom, when we're born again and we come into the kingdom of God, for many of us, we receive that, that desire to be great again. But unfortunately, religion comes in and squashes us down and, and tells us that, you know, we just need to get back in the box and stop dreaming, stop believing. You're just, you're just another Christian. But I want to say you're not just another Christian. 
God has an awesome plan for your life and He has a plan and a purpose that only you can fulfill. And you're going to solve problems in this world that no one else can solve because God has entrusted you with His gifts. He's entrusted you with talents that nobody else has. And as you are faithful with the small tasks that He gives you, He will entrust you with more and He will increase more in your life. And I remember when I was faithful in mowing the lawn at home, the neighbours, after some time, would uh, drive past and, and they would employ my services. And, you know, I began to mow the lawns for my neighbours and then it went from there looking after their garden and then looking after their vegetables when they went away and, and then looking after their dog. So I, I grew in, in faithfulness. I had an opportunity to grow in the faithfulness and then I, it became quite, uh, quite lucrative, a little tax-free business, uh, which, <laughs> which I enjoyed. And um, I remember then my grandfather employed me on Saturday mornings and he would take me to his houses and I would, uh, you know, look after things and help him. And uh, he would give me, you know, a little bit of money. And then every week, uh, I think because my father wasn't around, he would ask me, you know, I'd, I would have to give him an account as to how much is in my bank, my bank account. And he would give me a little bit more money each week. And he taught me to be faithful, you know, with, with the little that I had. And in those days, there was a good amount of interest in the bank. And uh, I think it was, I don't know, I think it was got up to like 17% interest at one stage in the bank. So your money kind of grew in the bank. You know, so I would come every week and give, give my grandfather an account of how much money I had. And uh, although that, you know, these are, are worldly things, this is how we grow in faithfulness. And he taught me not to waste my money, but to you know, protect it and to grow it. And it's the same principle in the kingdom. In fact, Jesus himself said, you, you need to make friends with the mammon of unrighteousness. Because as you're faithful with the with the small things that God gives you, if you show faithfulness in those areas, then you will be faithful, you'll be entrusted with much. And what God has entrusted in His Word and the principles of His kingdom are massive. You know, He's entrusted so much with us and, and we need to learn to be faithful. We could see He, he took men that were working. They weren't lazy men. They were fishermen, tax collectors, doctors. Paul the Apostle, he was a learned man. He wasn't lazy. And he chose those men. Why did he choose them? Because he saw that they were capable. Why were they capable? Because they were faithful with what God gave them to do. They were faithful fishermen to toil all night even though there was no fish in the water. So as you give yourself to being faithful in the earthly things that he's entrusted to you, God will come and he will recognize and he will call you to account with the natural things that he gives you to see if you're a person that can be entrusted with kingdom wealth. So when my grandfather each week would give me money, with that money, I had to give account. I had to tell him that I hadn't been wasting my money that he'd given me and that he wanted to see it growing so that he would give me more. If he saw my bank balance going down, then he would be reluctant to give me more. But because my bank balance was growing, he saw that I was being a faithful steward with what he'd given me. So God has called us to be faithful stewards. And we see in the parable of the talents that God, that the master came back. He came back to call those who had received the talent to account. So we know Jesus is coming back. And will, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on the earth? Will he find kingdom faith in your life? Will he find that you've been faithful with what he's given you to do? But we see the man that was unfaithful that buried his talent in the ground, he called him a wicked and unprofitable servant. And he took from him that had one and he gave it to the man that had five. 
So God is going to return and he's going to see if you've entrusted what he's given to you, if you've been faithful with what he's given to you. So how to, how to grow in greatness through faithfulness. Faithfulness is the key to grow to the next level, both in, in business, in kingdom business, for those of you that are establishing a business, faithfulness is a great key for growth. In your spiritual life, faithfulness is what the Lord is looking and that's his requirement. That one day when he returns, he will say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. He's not going to be looking for necessarily uh, talent or hardworking. He's going to be looking for faithful. Faithfulness is, is what he requires, is the requirement of the kingdom. You got a song for us, Sammy? Yeah. So God is faithful and just maybe we could stand and, and uh, just surrender our lives to our faithful God. He's an almighty God. He's an all-knowing God. He knows everything. He's an ever-present God. And through that, He's faithful. He's all-powerful and He never changes. Great is His faithfulness. Amen. God bless you. Every breath. 
goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. With my life laid down, I'm surrendered now, I give you everything. Cause your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Sing you are good, and in the evening I'll sing you are good. You are good to me. And you are good, and in the morning I'll sing you are good. And in the evening I'll sing you are good, you are good to me. You keep on getting better, you keep on getting better. You keep on getting better, you keep on getting better. You keep on getting better. Keep on getting better. You 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 father yeah lord we just thank you god that you you're a god we're totally surrendered to you we trust in you because of your faithfulness lord i thank you that you are a god that knows everything and everyone lord i thank you father that lord we open up our hearts to you as a god who knows all of us and knows every thought Father, I thank you that you're a God 
who's always true. You're a God of faithfulness. You're a God who's always present. And even as we go this morning, Father, we thank you that you go within us, that you go before us and you go behind us. Lord, I thank you, God, that your promises are always true. Father, I thank you that you are all powerful. There is no limit to your power and you're more than able to accomplish what you have promised over our lives. Father, I thank you that your promises are unchanging because you're the unchanging God and you're eternally faithful and we put our trust in you. Father, even though man may change, man may fail, you do not fail. For that we trust in you. Amen. Amen.